In my time, I have granted 1,001 wishes, and I have seen them end poorly 1,001 times. Making a wish comes with a price, and that is why I will never use this wish. Welcome to Storybroke! Miserably Ever After! I'm currently buried under 1,001 cats, Mads. And I'm Elaine, and I'm currently learning the ins and outs of alcohol-removed wines. How is that as a journey? Because when I was not drinking, I did the fray, free, fra, fre. I, I'm, yeah, I'm currently drinking a uh, fre, free, fra, um, and the canned sparkling rosé is more wine-like than the bottled sparkling brut. Okay. The sparkling rosé is good. Mm, I had tried their, um, their uh, oh my god, what is it called? I tried their, their uh, Cabernet, and it was too sweet, and it gave me a headache. Oh no. Um, so I'm sticking to some nice, healthy um, whiskey and soda right now. Well, this is, this is marshmallows. Uh, this is all marshmallow will tolerate, so this is fair. what I got, you know? Fair, fair, fair. I was watching uh, so, I was watching an episode of 30 Rock last month and I hadn't had any at all any I hadn't missed alcohol one bit during my first trimester whatsoever and then second trimester came and I stopped being queasy and I was watching an episode of 30 Rock and there's one episode where Jack poured himself a scotch and he had a white wine waiting for Liz Lemon and I just went I want both of those <laughs> Oh, that takes me back to when you lived here. <laughs> Only Rex- bourbon instead of scotch. <laughs> or Rex Goliath and TV. Rex Goliath and TV. Um, so I am I am currently uh, hoping that our power and internet holds for the duration of this recording. So let's fingers crossed for that. We are recording during our one week of real winter down yes, here. Our, yes, it is freezing outside, literally, for us, which is weird. Yeah. Um, Kudos to those of you who have to do this more than once a week per year, because, man, I can't. No kudos. They have winterized houses. Like, their pipes are, like, set for this stuff. They have clothes for this. They have clothes for this. They don't do like like my husband and I did and put our bathrobes on over our warmest pajamas with a jacket on over that and Mm -hmm. then Crocs and socks and go outside. Yep. Uh, We had to go get groceries inside the grocery store, which I haven't done much of. And I put on some sweatpants and a hoodie and my coat. And my husband is like, are you really leaving the house like that? And I'm like, watch, I will not be the only person in sweatpants at this store. If I'm leaving the house, I'm not putting on anything less warm than this. And we get there <laughs> and he is in the minority in a fucking button down. Sorry, language. Uh, in a button- <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep it cleanish for the show. So we don't get that E tag. Um, but yeah, he's there in a button up and, you know, his hoodie and, and jeans and like proper shoes. And I'm like, you see, you fool, you could have worn pajamas. <laughs> you could have been comfortable. But he's 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 uh, he comes home and hangs out in jeans. Yeah, I don't understand it. I, I think he's I think he's a, a monster of some sort. I live in a bathrobe. The bathrobe is also my work uniform. Um, it is also my outerwear. And mm-hmm. uh, this bathrobe gets a lot of mileage. And yes, I wash it. I promise. 
Uh, so this week we are talking about episode 11, Fruit of the Poison Tree. We're talking about some bad fruit and I don't mean me, but Hey. Hey. This isn't this is an episode wherein a character will actually fully use the title in a sentence. Oh, always love when that happens. It's, it it happened and it's one of those things where I actually stopped and was like, oh my god, she just used this in a sentence. So um I guess we should get into it. Let's get into it. Okay, here's the basic plot. Once upon a time, a familiar-looking genie was released from his lamp-shaped prison by a kindly old king. The king desired only that all of those within his kingdom be happy and could not come up with the first wish. When he realized that the genie, who was standing in his kingdom, looked sad, he wished for the one thing he knew would make the genie happy, his freedom. He then used his second wish to give the third wish to the genie. Released from his captivity, the genie's new goal in life was to find true love, and the king assured him he'd surely find it at his palace. The king introduced the genie to his beautiful daughter, Snow White. Oh, and also the queen, Regina, his wife. The beautiful queen, Regina, He didn't say that. He didn't say that. He was just like, oh, and this is my wife. This is the basic plot. Ah, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start that again. <laughs> I wrote it that way on purpose. <laughs> the king introduced the genie to his beautiful daughter Snow White. Oh, and also the queen, Regina, his wife. The genie took one look at the queen and fell instantly in love with her. After noticing that the king treasured his lovely daughter more than the queen, his second wife, the genie reached out to comfort the sad Regina. He gifted her with a beautiful mirror so that she could see herself as he saw her, as the fairest in the land. The king, after reading the queen's diary, asked the genie to find the man who had stolen his wife's heart. For while he didn't love her nearly as much as he loved his late wife, he couldn't believe she'd actually betray him by loving another man. The genie agreed. The king locked the queen up in her chambers and would not allow her visitors as punishment, not even her own father. So her father came to the genie and asked him to please deliver a locked box to her, which would release her from her prison. As he was trusted by the king, the genie agreed. Inside the box were two ferocious Agrabon vipers, which she planned to use to kill herself. Instead, the genie convinced her to let him commit regicide for her so they could be together forever. After the deed was done, the genie returned to celebrate the king's death with his beloved queen, only for her to tell him that he'd been discovered and she'd secured an escape for him. Not quickly enough, the genie realized that the vipers from Agrabah were an obvious setup, and he was always going to be the one blamed for their presence in the castle. The queen's temperament changed, familiarly, and she proclaimed that she never loved him. In desperation, the genie used his third wish so that he'd never be without her and would always be by her side, inadvertently trapping himself for all eternity within her mirrors. In Storybrooke, the storm irreparably damaged the castle, and Regina has it torn down. Upon discovery, Henry runs to the remains of the castle to discover that his fairy tale book is no longer buried there and is missing completely. Regina gives Emma a lecture about responsibility being more important than her emotions, setting her on a grumbly warpath. Sidney, now fired from his job at the paper and embarrassed by the sheriff election fiasco, drunkenly asks Emma to help him expose Regina's sins to the city, 
$50,000 missing from the city budget for what looked like personal reasons. After more embarrassing Regina encounters, Emma agrees and tries to keep everything legal, but soon winds up agreeing to bug the mayor's office. This helps them discover that she's bought land from from Mr. Gold for unknown reasons, and her brakes are cut. Oh, and Emma's brakes are cut to prevent her from trying to find that out. Hot on the trail, Emma and Sydney break into the mayor's office and download related files off of her computer, finding blueprints and invoices. Emma and Sydney confront the mayor at a city council meeting, accusing her of stealing the money to build herself a lavish home. Regina counters readily with a slideshow presentation of the new playhouse she's having built in the woods for the children of the town. Regina again reminds Emma to do her job and stop acting out. As punishment, she forbids Emma to come anywhere near her or her son until she says so. After pledging his allegiance to Emma, Sydney meets with Regina, where it is revealed that they set the whole thing up to make Emma look bad, and so Sydney could be Regina's spy on the inside. Meanwhile, the missing fairy tale book has been found by the strong hands of the handsome stranger. I don't know why I said it like that, but that that's just how it came out. Also, Mary, Margaret, and David are having regular secret rendezvous, which won't go sour, surely. 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 All right. So let's talk about All it. All right, let's get the let's get the let's get the easy stuff out of the way first. Mm-hmm. Cuz I got a lot to talk about about the main plots of this story. Okay. The easiest thing to talk about in this is Mary Margaret and David's tryst. I hate it. <laughs> I just There's one moment where she she like pleads with him for them to please find out what's actually like make some sort of decision with your real life so we can figure out what's going on. And he uses uh, the the usual excuse. I'll do it tomorrow. And that's it. That's really all we see about this tryst is they're having that they're having it. And I'm mad about it. I'm going to sneeze. I'm going to have a hot take. Um, this episode really made me hate David Ooh. more than I kind of already did. Like, I'm just like, men, men. Oh, God. Like, Men! <laughs> he he's so cowardly. It's like in his in his fairy tale universe persona, he's the bravest person there is. He's not cowardly. He runs, you know, he was going to run away from something that would get him and his mother murdered, you know, if he ran away from it. And he still did it. He was brave and stupid in a brave and stupid kind of way that we expect our fairy tale heroes to be. Mm-hmm. And in Storybrooke, part of his curse is that he's this huge coward. Huge, weak, ineffectual man-child who can't make a decision to save his life. Nope. Nope. Not a good one. Not a good one. Can't make good decisions. And Mary Margaret is doing that thing where she's validating her own actions in her brain even though she knows she's doing the wrong thing she's at least doing the wrong thing for good reasons because true love's the best reason of all so why is this actually a bad thing we're just doing something wrong right now you know but in the end it'll be okay in the end it'll be okay because that their love is true um not okay girl <sighs> no not okay homewrecker snow oh yeah homewrecker snow Snow's wreck, Snow Rex Holmes. We found that out. Oh, it does. Is that too soon? Is that was that a, a tasteless joke? I'm really glad we just got our roof finished. 
<laughs> like it literally got finished last week and then this happened. So I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. So they're literally this, this, this tryst literally gets alluded to in exactly three scenes of this 20 something scene episode. And then we, we don't see it again for the entire second half of the show. It's just there to be like, oh, just just to touch on last week's thing. Here we yeah. are. Um, all right. We got anything else to say about this dumb idea? No. Um, this week, I have to say that the plots didn't really wind or weave too much. No. Between the two storylines, we got some Sydney Glass or the genie of, of uh, Azkaban backup mm-hmm. uh, um, backstory. And I appreciated that. Yeah. But at the same time, I was just like, man. This whole storyline escalates so quickly. So do you want to talk about that one first? <laughs> well, no, I have one more thing before we get to the main plot. Okay, okay. Henry's book and Stranger Danger. Henry's book and Stranger Danger. So Henry's been hiding his book at the castle on the beach. Also, a beach is a great place for a playground. And let me explain why. It's because there aren't trees with spiders and snakes around. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, there's like sand mites and other gross things but you don't have trees blocking the way so you can sit on a park bench and watch your kid play without having to like actively be in their space yeah i think that a a shrouded place off in the woods is just more dangerous maybe maybe more dangerous maybe a little more dangerous you're gonna need like camp counselors to keep that place safe but i'm getting ahead of myself so henry's Mm -hmm. been hiding his book at the castle that his mom can't know about because that's his and Emma's place. It's their secret mm-hmm. place. So, of course, Regina knows about it. Yeah. Um, and has it demolished after the storm from last week took it out. Yeah, they and point out that this is their secret place literally one line before Regina walks in. Yes. And she's like, it's oh, right. this is so dangerous. I can't believe you let him play here. How could you do this? Don't you think of his safety? I'm using it's big like, shoulder uh, motions. I don't think that uh, Emma has any say in his upbringing, Regina. Oh, so oh. why aren't you... Keeping a better eye on your kid. Keeping a better eye on your kid. I mean, I mean, I, I, mean, I appreciate... You murdered the dude you were stooping, so... Yeah. It's I, not like you're busy. I can appreciate a certain amount of latchkey kid. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate that he's given a certain amount of freedom, even though I'm surprised she's given him any freedom whatsoever after the yeah. last 10 episodes. Well, yeah, you, I mean, you and I are both of a generation where we were like free range children. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like I walked home from school along a highway and like if someone told me they allowed their child to do that now i'd be like what you did what <laughs> even though like i did that every day <laughs> yeah i walked home it was a mile yeah. <laughs> and um so when the demolition crew comes in the book is no longer there it's gone and henry's so sad about it he's trying to commit it to memory later in the diner and uh the guy that he had just been interrogating last week comes up and counter interrogates him and henry acts very upset that he's getting asked so many questions. This kid can dish it out, but he can't take it. Mm-hmm. Cause last week he was asking all sorts of questions to Mr. Stranger. And this week, Mr. Stranger's asking him all sorts of questions about his book. And he's suspicious. Mm-hmm. Cause like I said, kid can dish it out, but can't take it. But the guy's a writer and he sees the kid writing a book and he's like, yeah, you got to work on inspiration while it hits you. And he's just trying to commit it to memory before it's gone with crayons, which I appreciate. Ten-year-old. Um, and then later, we see the book being opened and Handsome Stranger has his hands on it. Oh, no. Ooh, Handsome Stranger found the book. 
What a twist. What a twist. What a tryst. Those capable, strong hands. Mm-hmm. There were some tools on the bed, too. But I didn't... Sydney wasn't in that scene. Huh? Sydney wasn't in that scene. Oh, 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 oh. So, so we know that the stra- the handsome stranger has the book. That's it. That's all we got. Thoughts? Yep. Nope. Nope. Not really much to say. I mm-hmm. mean, we know the handsome stranger has a book, so, like, the mystery of, like, who this guy is is kind of intensifying, and... Uh, that's that's always fun. I like when we do find out who he is, which should be fairly soon. Yeah. Oh, you it's remember not the next goodness. episode because I watched the next one. Okay. Um, I can't. I can't keep them straight. <laughs> All right. Let's get to Jeannie and Queenie. So I like I like that there is sort of a um, I like him being the genie. Yeah. I enjoy that. It was a good twist. And they actually, the very first shot of him being the genie is him looking in a mirror. We see um, his face reflected in a mirror before we see that he's in the lamp. Um, it is a step down from being an object to being enslaved by an object. Yeah. Um, don't worry. In one season, eventually, maybe they'll do right by a single black character. But right now they only have a single black character. So We had the doctor at the vet. Oh, yes, the doctor at the Nameless vet. doctor at the vet. Nameless doctor at the vet. And Billy. Who? He's, he works for the mechanic shop. He's the one who's oh, flirting yeah. with Red. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but she's a lesbian. <laughs> Don't be silly. She's bi. <laughs> fair. Um, <laughs> this is bi erasure. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. Um, I just, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, so I do like the uh, five seconds of the I Dream of Genie set that we do get to see here. That set is beautiful. And his uh, costuming, uh, as a belly dancer, his costuming is beautiful. His costuming is great until he's released from the lamp and released from his bonds. Because then I saw the zipper. Oh, I still didn't see the zipper. Man, you catch zippers every time. <laughs> I catch the zipper. I'm just so, always so bothered by zippers. You're always catching the zippers and I am not. I am just intimately aware and familiar with zippers, apparently. Normally, I get to watch these episodes three times. This time, despite all the extra days I had to to, to watch this episode three times, I've only watched it twice. And the second time, I was frantically writing notes. So, yeah, there was just Um, this episode was not one I wanted to revisit more than once because it makes me angry in the next plot. Yeah. Uh, But the, the story plot. It's okay. This story plot escalates so quickly for me. So he, 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 the king basically, yeah, he's like, oh, I don't, you know, I, I don't have any wishes. He's I'll so make, nice. Yeah, I'll free you, and I wish for you to have my last wish. And the genie's like, well, I'll put it in my back pocket because I'm not making this wish. And I'm like, okay, because cool. wishes go bad. Don't they make the wishes. Do absolutely do the thing I complained about last episode. Where when the genie comes out, he's very theatrical for like a split second. You have awoken the genie of Agrabah. And, um, you know, is when he's conversing with the king, he's using that very like almost fantasy language. Well, he started. But when he's tired and doing his spiel, he's yeah. just plain English. Yeah. And he goes back and forth. When he's talking with the queen, it's almost fantasy speech when he's that's because he's romanticizing the whole thing in his head he's writing a romance novel in his life they don't even bang well he didn't get there that's why he Mm. killed the king right i mean spoilers for people who didn't listen to the The basic plot (laughs) um 
Yeah, so he, 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 sorry, you're leading this episode. That's okay. No, please talk. Um, I was just going to say, so like, we go to the castle. We're introduced to my lovely, beautiful, perfect, flawless daughter, Snow, and also this. Also, oh yeah, and, my, and the queen. She's my wife. That's it. Like, never, ever acknowledges, because this is a pretty lady. She's a pretty lady. They, and I'm seriously bothered by the fact that the show doesn't acknowledge the weird sexism of this. Mm, mm. It, they just had to make her look as sad and make us feel as bad for her as possible as to why she would actually look this sad, because this is not the Regina we know. She wouldn't be sad about this. She'd be right. angry. But the Regina we know isn't here this episode for a long time. She's this sad, pitiable character who just mm-hmm. wants to be loved and feel like she belongs, which and once in her ca- life she was, that person. Yeah. And- we still don't know what happened there, but um, mm-hmm. the king will never love me the way he loved his first wife, mm-hmm. who we don't know what happened to her. She was She's- perfect. She died. She was perfect, and then she died. And she has this... Pretty, she gave me this beautiful daughter that looks so much like her. Man, we got some creepy vibes off of him talking about his daughter. It's it's like not quite presidential. Yeah, but, but it's kingly. <laughs> it's definitely kingly. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, uh, some definite creepy vibes. No wonder. Yeah, no, it, it was just like, no wonder this whole I'm so sad and unloved thing worked. Because yeah. he made it so easy for her to do this. So we kind of move very quickly where we have this like nice little like party and it's uh, it, it's for the Snow's birthday or the Queen's birthday? I don't birthday? know what it's for. I don't know. No, it's not even it's not even for it was the King's birthday, wasn't it? It's someone's birthday. And he said the the best oh, gift yeah. he could ever be given was was my his beautiful daughter. daughter. Yeah. Yes, that's how that's how ambiguous this random party was. We couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. It wasn't until you said birthday. Multiple times, and we couldn't remember what it was. But the queen kind of like excuses herself quietly, and the genie goes to follow her. And yeah, yeah. she she talks about this tree, you know, this Honeycrisp tree with bright red apples has been part of her part of her life. It's not actually she doesn't say Honeycrisp tree in this one. I'm just being facetious because Honeycrisp wasn't invented yet. Um, (laughs) And so she. She talks about how the tree came was from her childhood home and it came with her to the castle. So she, neither she and the tree really belonged here. Mm. They're both strangers in this castle and neither of them really belong. And they're trapped. They're prisoners here in this gilded cage. And obviously the recently freed genie can very much relate to the feeling of being trapped in a gilded cage. Yes. And, you know, she's just, you know, he'll never love me as much as he loves his dead wife. And so the genie gives her a mirror so that she can see herself as he sees her as the fairest in the land, which had just been used on Snow White by her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a little love mm-hmm. match brewing here. Which she- we did see the mirror in the very first scene. Yeah, it's the one he was I, looking I into. That. Yeah, I, I enjoyed I love... that it had come from somewhere. Yeah. I enjoyed that he was checking his makeup, which I do. I really enjoy his makeup. Yeah, I really enjoy great. his facial hair. Mm-hmm. I liked it's his nice belt a lot. Mm. His belt was really nice. It was. It had like some good stones in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, Giancarlo Esposito is cut for yes. an older dude. Yes, <laughs> like, he is. Hey, had his chest out this whole episode. It was mm-hmm. great. I was happy with it. 
That mustache worked for him too. Mm-hmm. I was I was feeling the genie. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So so of course she goes back to her room like a teenage girl and writes about it in her diary. And of course, like a, a bad older sibling, her husband reads her diary because this is high school. His his reaction to me is unhealthy. It's it's like he's been this kind, like super generous, loving man this whole time. And all of a sudden he's like, I mean, I don't love her, but how dare she? Like, I don't it's love uncharacteristic. her. It's uncharacteristic. It's a big escalation. And yeah, it's like, I don't love her, but how dare she? And I'm going to find this dude and have him killed. Yeah. Like straight up. I'm like, wow. Okay. Zero to murder. Zero to murder. You don't love her. Oh, it's about your appearance or something. F you. Um, but also like this is, I, I don't want to say the A word, but it is um, mm-hmm. like borderline abusive, if yeah. not outright abusive. It is. He locks her up in her room for writing yeah. in her diary about having a crush on a dude. That is abusive. And again, these are not feelings she has acted on. Nope. This the isn't genie even, like, even points that out. This like this isn't even like, oh, she's been, the, the queen is cheating on me. Like this is, she had feelings. Mm-hmm. How dare she? I'm going to lock her like, up and I'm going to murder her lover. That's dark that's yeah that's gonna help your case buddy that uh that really doesn't seem totally consistent with a king who just wants everyone to be happy just wants everyone in his kingdom to be happy but apparently not the queen yeah because straight up apparently not the queen i guess i guess everyone doesn't include men (laughs) no what i'm saying now is that maybe when regina curses everyone Love makes people do foolish things. That's something the king says whenever the genie, who isn't given a name. Isn't given a name. When um, the genie is like, well, she hasn't acted on it. He's like, well, love makes people do foolish things. So he's like, she hasn't yet, but she, I'm going to get to her before she cheats. This is a country song. <laughs> Madge is silently laughing at my joke right now. Just so y'all don't think I'm just laughing at my own joke. Mads is actively laughing. <laughs> this is the advantage of having me on camera. It's like you can watch me laugh and scratch my hair. Um, but if you see my, if you see me um, pick my nose on camera, no, you didn't. I didn't. Um, <laughs> so, so he agrees to help the king find this man, knowing full well, full well who it is, obviously. Yeah. And. Uh, but before we even have to worry about like, oh, should I pin it on someone? Oh, should we find a way out of this? Henry's here. Hey. Dad Henry. Dad Henry's here. Henry classic. Remember, remember dead dad Henry? Remember dead dad Henry? Dead dad Henry's not dead yet. He's here with a box. He's here with a box with air holes. That will help the queen. Somehow. I wonder hmm. how. And the key has a skull on it, so this can't be anything bad. No, He's I'm like, sure. But this will free her not. from her prison. Mm. So he and, and the the king's not letting even her dad go visit her. She's so punished. She's so grounded. She's so grounded. This is his other daughter that he doesn't like. Basically, that he's married to. Um, hey, uh, you know, isolating your significant other is a form uh, of abuse. It's absolutely a form of abuse. Hey. hey. And so, so since, since dad can't get near her, but the genie is trusted. Genie has to deliver this box to her. So he does and they hug and it's a very sweet, intimate hug. Mm. 
and uh, he gives her the key in the box, and she opens it up, and it's snakes. And we have a literary reference. It's, uh, what is it, uh, Cleopatra and Mark Antony? Oh, yes, Right, basically. doesn't she hold the asp to those, her, those her are, breast? Y- yes, so she's going to let these Agrabah vipers, Agrabah Vi- Agrabah vipers. Agrocrag snakes. These Agrocrag snakes are going to bite her, and she's going to die horribly, but she'll finally be free. I'm so sorry we can't be together in this life. Maybe we'll find each other in the next life. And she goes to put, she hovers her hand over the box and he doesn't pull her hand away. I want to point this out. Yeah. He doesn't pull her hand away. He stops her hand right above these very tame poisonous snakes for like a full two minutes while he convinces her to let him commit regicide. Well, because if he pulls it back, suddenly it could cause strike. Yeah, but he didn't even move her hand at Mm. all. He just held it there. And I was like... Just waiting, just waiting for the vipers to strike both of them. Then they'll both be dead, and that'll be good. It'll it's still be for the fault. drama. I know, but I still. The, the genie said, "I am the drama." Then, in the next plot, you're going to understand why I'm just so mad at this whole episode, and we'll yeah. get there. Um, uh, I, I want to I, I, before we advance. I have a nitpick. Okay. It's one snake with two heads. Is it? It's one snake with two heads. Is it really? It's one. Yeah, I was so bothered by it. I was like, "How does it shit?" I mean. Those exist. I have seen pictures of real snakes with two heads. Yeah, it's one snake with a head on each end. And I thought that it was in a Y shape. It's it's if I like if my brain is like processing this correctly, it's one snake with a head on either side. Oh dang! Maybe it's in the it's, middle. Um, Maybe it's they, kind of reminiscent of Jafar's um, Kautika staff that he has at some point Maybe in one they, of the old things. Maybe they poop out of their belly. Oh, oh, they got a cloaca. It's like somewhere in there. It's near the where the where the belly button would be. Since they don't normally have belly buttons, it's just in a different spot. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how fantasy snakes work. I'm, I'm barely good this enough the with the real ones. Me. I'm like, yeah, there's a genie, but how does the snake poop? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so, so she's like, hold on. I wrote something in uh, parentheses. Oh, he was. Yeah, I'll, I'll kill the king for her. And she's like, I don't know what I would do without you. And he responds, you'll never have to find out. Aww. Uh, gross. Uh, <laughs> so so the king's asleep. The genie goes in and he asks for forgiveness first while the king's asleep, releases the snakes, then goes to stand over him to watch him die. Yeah. Um, then asks for forgiveness again when he wakes up. He pours poison in the king's ear, marries the queen. The king's son gets a vision of the... Wait, no, wait. That's, that's a different That's a different show. That's Hamlet. That's Hamlet. That's what every quote comes from, ever. Every Shakespeare quote you've ever heard comes from Hamlet. Almost. Yep. Almost. It's that long. It is a four-hour-long play, <laughs> and it has the most quotes that people know. Um, but in this case, it's a snake while the king is sleeping. And he's like, oh, I owe you my life because you freed me. But now Which I have again, to. Sorry, but big escalation. Like, yeah. Jeannie and the queen couldn't run away. We have to kill the king. Yep. Kay. Oh, no, because the king would find her and find him. Mm. And, then you, you know, you can't risk it. Let's just commit regicide. That's easier and uh, less dangerous. And so. Yeah, let's murder so, the man so who freed you. Good he's call. like, I know you freed me and I owe you my life for that. So I owe you for that. But I got to free your queen, too, because I love her. So. Bye. And as he goes to walk away, the king grabs him and says, you were right. I never should have made that wish. Because as he stated at the beginning, he's never seen a wish not go bad. 
I have granted 1,001 wishes and seen them end poorly 1,001 times. This, this surely did. This surely uh, did for him, both of them. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he turns black from the viper bites, mm-hmm. um, which are very well trained, I will point out again, because they, they listened when the, the genie nods. Yeah, they only bite kings. They only bite kings, apparently. And, well, he's a genie. He's magic. Yeah, that's fair. He's still a little magic. And um, so he, he admits his fault. He kills the king and he runs back. He runs back to the queen's chambers. Be like, I did it. We're free. We can finally be together. And she's like, Oh no. Head to hand to forehead. You've been seen. Back of hand to forehead. I have arranged safe passage for you to escape, my love. I'm so sorry. We cannot be together in this life. And then <laughs> then all of a sudden he goes, Wait. Wait Vipers from Agrabah. Ask I'm from, Vipers. I'm from Agrabah. You set me up. And then we see the Regina we know. Also, this is the first episode where they actually call her Regina in the past ones. Yes, he does introduce her as my beautiful wife, Regina. This is the first one where I haven't just called her Evil Queen, Evil Queen. They actually name her in this one. Yes, she she gets to keep her name. So we see, we see, of course she does. She made the curse. Uh, Well, she didn't make the curse. She enacted it. So she gets to pick. Uh, So... She admits, I never loved you, and you're lucky I'm arranging passage for you. Uh, bye, sucker. Yeah. And he gets so upset, and he refuses to live without her, and there's no way he, you know, no way he can live without her. So, he uses his wish. Um, Alright, so he's like, oh yeah, well, I'm gonna use this wish, because this can't end poorly. And makes a wish to always be by her side and never be without her. And, uh, oops, poof, confined to a mirror for eternity. Retraps himself. I wish he had said something that was a little... Well, he can't make... Led, like, I wish I could look upon your face wherever you go, or I wish that you would always be reminded of me. Something that would connect to mirror, yeah, no. as opposed to just... What's the gifty gamer? I'm in the mirror now so that I can be the magic mirror. The writers missed a few things. This I don't think the writers episode. care as much about this character or this plot line as I do. Of course not. They didn't name him. <laughs> uh, they they didn't name him. They gave you know they gave you know uh, what's her face? Which princess was? She? I don't know. They give they give babies who we'll never see again names that are more story plot than they gave this genie. Yep. So uh, so yeah, supporting character. And then she sees what's happened and she's oddly pleased mm-hmm. that not every, you know, her master manipulation got her more than she bargained for in this case. So now she has a spy. Sorry, Rufus is making some noises. I figured it was cat related. I saw Shane turn around and look. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and that's where that story ends. Thank God. <laughs> uh, thoughts? I hated it. I really hate this storyline. Um, it escalates way too quickly. Yeah. The character motivations are all over the place. Yeah. Especially oh. the king. Um, and I feel like, again, this is one of those things where the internal logic of the show, uh, the internal values of the show's writers are just very outdated because they don't really seem to have an issue with the way the king is treating the queen. Yeah. And they, yeah. I feel like they even justify it within the show. 
with the actions that take place. Yeah, he's it, uh, awful. Bothers the hell out of me. He's yeah. supposed to be this kind, wonderful, kingly, the kindest ruler you've ever met. Oh, but he abuses his wife. Yeah, yeah, he's the kindest ruler we've ever met. He only wishes for his kingdom people to be happy. Oh, he, yeah, he abuses his wife, the queen. Uh, but we're really not going to make a big deal about it. But he's never done it in front of us. He's never done it in front of us. Oh. Except he just did this whole episode. Yeah. But do the writers of this show consider invading her privacy and the things that he does abuse is the question Obviously. and i'm gonna say probably not oh no no they you know they didn't think uh they didn't think rape, rape was a uh an abuse. oh right yeah right so we already know that they're already a little misguided in their morals yeah all right any last words about genie and dequeenie um only that i like you calling it genie and the queenie you're welcome i did that myself um, also giving this plot just all the bad points for really not tying into the main story at all. Not until the very connection. end. Not until the very end. And we'll talk about it, but yeah. It connects at the very end, and that's it. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, all right, so I'm going to move on to Sydney's plan. Okay, here's where my main problem with this episode is. You remember when we started doing this podcast, how much I would harp on how big a deal they made of Emma's superpower Mm -hmm. and how big a deal her superpower was. She's so good at it. It never misses. It never misses ever. She's so good at her superpower. It's a superpower. Except this episode. If that were the case, this episode should not have happened. Just last week, we saw Emma catch her own friend cheating, you know, not really cheating yet. They hadn't started cheating yet. But she caught her friend who she trusts the most. She caught Mary Margaret in a lie, a person she would have no reason to ever suspect of lying. And yet here's Sydney, who has previously worked for Regina, who is drunk and ranting to her and obviously trying very hard to get her in on something. And she's not going to find a single lie in this. And she's visibly suspicious of him and yet doesn't find a lie. Like the whole time, the whole time, this episode according to your own writers, should not have happened once upon a time, writers. Nope. I don't care how much you're saying, oh, well, she let her emotions cloud her judgment. We have seen her catch lies with her emotions clouding her judgment before. Yeah. This whole episode, there should have been at some point in this whole episode, even when she was calm, where she could have been like, Sydney, I don't, this doesn't track. None of this tracks. Even at the end, even at the end, whenever they're toasting that she'll never fool them again, this should not have happened. And I'm mad about it. And this yep. pisses me off. And this was where my distrust in the writers of this show actually happened. It was already shaken by the Graham episode. But this episode is where I stopped treating the superpower as something important. Yeah, because it is it is not a thing we can rely on. Because the writers don't care about it from episode to episode. And that's a problem. That's a major flaw in the story of the show. You spent 10 episodes building me up to trust this this thing. And now she's just suddenly supposed to be, I don't know, comfortable? Also, Emma, Emma is... Emma makes some not great decisions. Emma makes a lot of bad decisions in this episode. She owns up but- to it at the end. But what I'm saying is Emma makes some bad decisions over the course of the show, even up to this point. But this episode, it is like she took her 
dumb juice that morning. Yes. Like she took her dumb girl juice. Like I don't even want to go like You were a doctor on house. You're so much smarter than this. Come on. <laughs> I know they're bleaching your hair, but that's not actually a thing. Ugh. Ugh. Like like her decision making and her logical leaps are not good this episode. Oh, God, I was just so this was uncharacteristic once again. Every yeah, a lot of out of character moments. A lot of out of character moments for this. I mean, getting back to Snow and and Prince Charming, I felt like Snow going along with that, even with what we've seen, felt out of character for her. Yeah, she's trying to rationalize it, but it's not. And that's Emma trying to rationalize, and they're trying to show that she's too emotional. Her emotions are clouding her judgment. What but, it felt like was that they needed another episode in this season. Yeah. She's so been they like, made everyone stupid for an episode. <laughs> they so spent, that nothing could happen and they could just run around in a circle. She spent like at least two days with this guy just lying to her at every turn. And she mm-hmm. never once suspected it. And I just can't respect that. Nope. Not for what they have built. They themselves have built up in the story. This is when I started asking, do the writers even read their own scripts? Mm-hmm. No. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how in depth I want to get with this plot because it just made me so um, mad. Because none of it should have happened. No, none of it should have happened. Um, pause. Yes. We're at forty six minutes of recording, so let's not get too in depth. Yeah. Because I'm trying to keep the episodes under about an hour and a half. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to keep the episodes under an hour. I'm, I'm, um, I'm going to go through my notes real quick and see if there's anything I really want to touch on. Yeah. Um, she does breaking and entering. She does breaking and entering. I actually like the breaking and entering, okay. and I liked her logic for it. Yeah, because like I'm the police. No, I, I it was a that bad decision, but I did like her justification. For her, it. her justification of we have six minutes to before we have to worry about Regina being here because I'm the police. This call comes to me. Yeah, and she didn't use her six minutes totally wisely. She did no. get what she went there to look for, but then she decided, oh, I've got to look for Henry's book too because she must have taken it. And that's probably why they didn't get out in time. Um, we're not here for Henry. You're not here for Henry. Um, uh, her brakes got cut whenever they were trying to figure out who uh, who closed the deal and she blamed that on Regina. So then she was even more adamant about getting even with Regina because then it's all just about, I'm going to expose her. I'm going to get her. So she fully bought into... The we're going to expose Regina for the criminal she is lie that Sydney was was selling. Also, her. The breaks cut jumping to Regina just doesn't feel like a that's not how Regina's going to get you. No, she's going to publicly humiliate you. No. And so, you know, she she goes to humiliate her at the town council with all this evidence that they have stolen from her office. Just straight up. So also, Emma is a bad liar herself yeah. all of a sudden in this and emma has proven oh. not to be a bad liar in the past and also we need to say it to build yourself a luxurious house is, is fifty thousand dollars i know uh, uh, pardon me bitch were those blueprints not to scale first yes second man okay so we are you know we're a little bit bourgeois we're both homeowners um, but we're homeowners in... It's, it's only been 10 years. You can't build we're a luxurious home- mansion with $50,000. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, have I mean, I know there was a housing crash in 2007, but has it been, was it like, things were that cheap? <laughs> She's building it herself. It's like one of those tiny homes, but big. It's a kit. Like, it's a kit. 
we live, you know, below sea level in uh, hurricane land, and we don't have those kind of prices. <laughs> like, well, my 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 barely thirteen hundred square foot house was one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> Same, yeah. <laughs> Oh, like hell! I'm gonna go move out to the woods and some storybook. Also, oh, let's talk about no, woods. No, I figured it out. I figured okay. it out. You put it out. The town is trapped in the late '80s. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> this is back in the time when boomers would be like, "Oh, you could work a minimum wage job for three months, and then you could just buy a house." Have we talked about how a random spot in the middle of the woods is the worst place to build a random playhouse? Oh, yeah. We talked about that. Okay. Just like, I just want to reiterate that the beach is safer. The beach is safer. Like, why are you going to build this house? It's already world? got soft terrain. You don't have to bring in wood chips. You don't have to cut down trees <laughs> to build. There's no a, venomous spiders. There's, there's bears. Or trolls. Wolves. Trolls. <laughs> wolves wolves graham found a wolf come on like nothing nothing in this episode should have happened or made sense no and and, you know we come to find out that regina and sydney have been working together the whole time so regina can have a spy on what emma's doing and then she creepily grabs his inner thigh and i just wrote you um Maybe it wasn't his inner thigh, but it was his thigh. And we all know what that she means. His thigh. So there she so he's still in love with her in this world. We know what that means on ABC. We know what that means on ABC. I don't we know, know what, what I grab on ABC implies. And she reiterates the I don't know what I'd do without you, Sydney, from from the previous storyline. And they gloat together. And um none of this should have happened. I'm just mad about it. This is the episode. This and the Graham episode are the ones that made me start ranting about this show. Yeah. Um, what really, like this episode, my first watch, I didn't catch a lot of the stuff I caught now. Mm-hmm. Um, the Graham episode bothered me. Next week is the one where I'm going to have opinions, which is uh-huh. great because I'm leading next week. Yeah. I, I like whenever it works out that the episode we're rantiest about is the one that we're leading. <laughs> Because we take turns. I'm sure y'all have noticed, but we take turns with the leading. And uh, we we both get irritated about hilariously different things, but then we agree with them. I'm so ready to just like tear into next week's episode. We're probably going to watch it as Mm. soon as we... We're probably going to watch it tonight while we eat our our delivery pizza or sandwiches Mm -hmm. from a certain national chain. (laughs) They're not paying us, so we're not going to say Domino's. Oh, damn it. We already said free. So, so yeah, um, I, I, I was so, I guess best dressed for me, best, best dressed goes to the genie for me. Um, but I, you know, you didn't like the zipper. I didn't like seeing the zipper, but I only saw it in one shot. Okay. Otherwise, yes. Show me that old man chest. He's not old. He's like 40. That, that, (laughs) that's some, look, once again, this show, this show put Rennie Vendor's this this show gave some business to some Rennie vendors, mm-hmm. and uh, that was some gorgeous, gorgeous costuming on the genie, all the yeah. hand beating, and um, uh, I, I and appreciated his costume and his eyeliner. Everything that Regina wore was great. Oh, Regina's Regina's queen outfits were in her light colors for once were beautiful. Just just diaphanous and feminine and beautiful. Yeah. Um, Snow's outfits are great. 
Mm-hmm. You know, their their costuming was really good this episode. Yes, that's the best um, thing about the episode. Um, oh, and the C- the CG snakes weren't too bad. They were the pretty. Good. They were pretty good CG. Yeah, they were the the, the the yeah the computer generated snakes looked good, especially considering um, the era. Most of the sets in the past looked good. When you it's know, they, when it's all they have to do, they do it well. Like that, like yeah. the dragon episode where we were all surprised that the dragon looked so good. It's all they had to do that time. Yeah. So and I mean, I feel like when the sets that we see a lot look bad, that bothers me. So I'm very happy that you know we lost the Quake Two CGI castle, like we had in maybe it was the pilot or maybe the second episode where Regina went to see Maleficent. <laughs> and they did that homophobic thing to that poor woman's makeup. Um, <laughs> you know, it's the the sets that we're seeing a lot of now, the CGI sets we're seeing a lot of now, they're getting better. They're more filled out. There's more there's more props to kind of ground them and make them feel real. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I was, you know, happy with the they, look of the episode. They figured out how to light them 11 episodes in. That's That's very important. We saw the town hall again. Yeah. Uh, the, the, gy- the, the town hall gymnasium. The storybook sets great. The storybook sets are great and very believable. Like the, uh, I don't have any complaints about the sets or costumes for this. My whole problem with this entire episode is that it shouldn't have happened. None of this episode should have happened. And so, with that in mind, I think I think we're at that time. Um, how many two-headed poison snakes out of five would you give this to? One. Same. Yeah, this one only gets a one from me. One poisonous two-headed snake out of five. It made me mad. Yeah, if I hadn't seen that zipper, I would have given it two based on the costuming and stuff. Yeah. Because um, I'm too nitpicky. But yeah, the, the storylines shouldn't have happened. Every character was out of character. Mm-hmm. This... It, with the exception of Regina. Yeah, she she came into her own character. This episode is my least favorite by far out of all 11. Even Henry is playing younger than he should be. He's drawing with crayons. Like he's 10. I get that. But 10 year olds have access to pencils. Yeah. 10 year olds are not that, that, I don't want to say behind, but yeah. that, you know, young. Stunted. And stunted. Yes. He, he, he's written like a six or seven year old. Yeah. And he's a 10 year old. Also, I, I figured they might have, this might be one of those shows where they had different writing crews. For different things oh, because yeah, in, in the last the show notes. in the last few episodes he and his mom have been a little more mother and sonly even if they don't necessarily get along they've been a little, little more mother and sonly and in this episode he just straight up went the evil queen instead of saying my mom yeah um, um actually when we get off of this and i'm going to talk about this next week so audience hold me to this i'm going to go through and look at the writers for the past episodes and i'm going to see if we have common writers for the episodes we hate. <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> You're smart. What would because I do could, without you? We could see all that, that, you know, that's all there. You yeah. can look at like who wrote this episode, yeah. who directed this episode. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I bet the head writers for some of these episodes were ones that we we're just like, you, you think there's a common, there's some common there's denominator common, here. You know, <laughs> just like, um, since, since we're talking about shows with rough writers, um, just like when Joss Whedon writes a Buffy episode, they're really not that great of an episode. Yeah. He was a good showrunner sometimes, except for the fact that apparently he abused Boo. everyone on set. Boo, Joss. Boo. 
just including Dawn's actor Michelle Trachtenberg who said he wasn't allowed to be alone with her <sighs> so you've heard it here first folks it's time we give Buffy show writer Marty Noxon the credit she deserves yes because she's so good and she wrote some of my favorite episodes directed some of my favorite episodes it's 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 one of those things where a lot of the content that god our lifetime that we have come to love in our lifetime is headed or written or created by truly problematic people uh yep buffy Mm -hmm. harry potter Mm -hmm. i grew up on marilyn manson music Lots, yeah. lots. Yeah, it's, no. it's so much so that whenever one of my favorite authors dies, I have to go Google them to make sure they weren't problematic before I publicly mourn them. Yeah, I'm like, maybe I should get into Rick Reardon because I'm reading about him and I'm like, wow, he seems like an okay guy. The second I start getting into Rick Reardon's like YA books, it's going to come out that he's like, you know, um, ran over a guy while drunk and hid the body in the woods or something. Just, you know what I mean? Don't. <laughs> so Sorry, to keep Rick Reardon likable i cannot go read percy jackson or any of his uh, presents no that makes sense that tracks <laughs> all right so uh that's all i guess that i have to say about the fruit of the poisonous tree fruit of the poison tree um or as i like to call it fruit is bad yeah the uh, you know i will give this this episode some credit for one thing mm-hmm. that I know it wasn't written with that intent, but the, the concept of fruit of the poisonous tree is usually it's like you so repl- like imply that the children of a bad person will then. Yeah. Maybe not be that great. And uh, later on, we're going to meet Regina's mom. Oh, Oh, Cora, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, what a uh, we are, she is the fruit of that poisonous tree. Yeah. Did no, you say what a witch? I did. I said what a witch. Um, I mean, so, they've implied who she is. We're not going to spoil it, but mm-hmm. you know, there's yeah. uh, that's going to be fun. And I'm uh, we get there. I'm looking forward to seeing how the restraining order goes in the next episode. That bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have fun. <laughs> all right. Well, I believe that is all the time we have this week. Um, <laughs> fortunately, our power has both stayed on for this whole episode. Yes. And it looks like it's going to remain on. It looks like things might be a little warmer tonight. Um, so all of you out there in the frozen hellscape that is the South right now, stay warm and stay toasty. And those of you in Florida, um, don't overpower your air conditioner. Yes. Uh, so if you enjoyed the show, be sure to check us out on Twitter. Tweet at us at StoryBrokePod. We will answer your questions you have about the next episode on the show. Uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, we are both very, very happy for anything we get. Uh, replies on Twitter. And Did it makes me super happy. Tell us what you think about the new Cruella trailer. Uh, I mean, Tell us what you think about the new Cruella trailer. If you, I lived. If you don't have Twitter... Um, we don't have a story broke page on Facebook, but you can find us at your pretty friend, which mm-hmm. is our, uh, our improv troupe duo production company. Uh, and page. there's not a lot of live performances happening right now. No, so you can reach I, out to us there. The, the anniversary of our last duo live show is coming up on March 6th. And I will probably release the YouTube recording of that. So if you want to see us in action, making stuff up on a stage, keep an eye out for that, I guess. On March Was that 6th. when I wore that red dress? Yes. Oh, I looked so good in that. We both looked so good in that. That was one we of our- We looked so good in that, that, in that outfit shows. we both wore. 
<laughs> that was a good one. Oh, uh, yes. So, uh, so that's some non non Disney focused content that we will have available soon. Yes. All right. Um, then until next time. I'm Elaine. I'm Mads. And this has been Storybrook. Miserably ever after. Ever after.